Hello everyone, I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree Podcast episode 189. Woo! It's like my birth year and the Taylor Swift album year. Was she also born in 89? I would assume so, otherwise what's the point? I guess so. Shane, and I'm sorry, while we do this, I just feel like such a delicate flower, just got a mani-pedi and I didn't get shellac. And shellac, everybody knows, dries so fast. I got regular polish and it takes like hours to cure. It really takes hours? It's mostly dry right now, but it's not cured. So if you really put pressure on it, like you can slide the nail polish around. It is so infuriating. I don't know why this exists still. That is so, do most women get shellac? Nowadays, yeah, because it's the only way you can go and get a manicure during the day and then go to work or go and do stuff. So usually I get shellac only because it's like it weakens your nail, but I only get it because I can go and just be a mom after I can go to work Mm -hmm. after. No, it seems almost impossible to be even not a mom, just be a person functioning in society unless I guess people would do it at nighttime and then... I guess, but a problem that they're realizing now with shellac is that people are starting to get uh, skin cancer in their hands Mm. because you have to put your hands under the UV lights and they're starting to get, but still easier. Yeah. (laughs) They need another alternative. Yeah. Uh, Okay. What else is up? Well, here's... This is a segue. Sorry. Yeah. I'm putting up with this business because we are headed in two days on a family vacation. A two-parter, kind of. Two-part vacation. I don't know which part are you looking more forward to because the first part of the vacation, it's seven days in Florida. Mm-hmm. In Destin, Florida. With the children. Mm-hmm. The The other part is two days mm-hmm. in New York without children. So if you had to pick one or the other, what do you do? I'm really stoked on New York. Oh, no kids. Um, it's, it's not even that. It's just because... Well, I guess it, this is the time of year. You and I last year went to Detroit around this time. And I got to say, if you're within driving distance of Detroit, it is the most underrated romantic, you know, vacation spot for a couple. Go there for Detroit. a couple nights. Go there for a couple nights. You will have an amazing time. Amazing food and drink scene. Great dancing. You and I got up to it all. We we're spying the whole time. I, it depends what you do. I don't want to have blood on my hands and have all these families, you know, or all these couples spending their honeymoon in Detroit. <laughs> Not a honeymoon, just for like for like a fun party. Still, it is also getaway. very dangerous. Many Uber drivers told us to be careful. There's only certain parts of the city. There was a record high number of carjackings too while we were there. So. It's not all sunshine, rainbows, et cetera. It's we had true. a great time, but we can have good times, I find, in places that maybe other people cannot. Well, look, I've been feeling very nostalgic for our Detroit trip last I year. I love the Detroit trip. And, but I'm just saying New York kind of feels like that kind of vibe. Yes. Like I feel like you and I are just going to get up to a lot of shenanigans, which which we are. And we'll get to that in a second. But we're headed with the kids to Florida for seven days. Nona and your dad are already there. We're sharing a condo with them. And Shane, do you feel like travel prep is equitable in our family? Uh, Define the meaning of that statement. Like, do you feel like the effort that everybody puts into prepping for a vacation is equitable? (laughs) Of course not. No. (laughs) What a leading question. No. (laughs) Okay. So how do you think we can go about making it more equitable? I don't know. Um, 
a good way would be just planning and scheduling because I have a less flexible schedule now mm -hmm. because now that we're out of the pandemic and I am doing a lot of stuff. You know, Tons, I, leave, yeah. I, I leave the house at 7.45 and I come home my earliest night probably at 8, my latest night at 1 a.m. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that that is harder to find time there. Mm -hmm. And then on Mondays, I'm, I am working home, but that's when, you know, I'm doing a lot of juggling between my, my nine to five job and also helping you with the mm -hmm. social media aspect. Same thing on Friday. So scheduling is the answer. I'm all ears. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about the ways in which we can delegate. So yeah. it's tricky. Planning, planning. Dele delegate. But it's tricky because as, you know, the person, whoever it is, the mom or the dad, whatever, whoever it is that like shoulders the brunt of that mental load when you got to plan and like think of all the little stupid kid things that you need to pack, like the nightlight, the monitor, all those little things. And it's almost harder sometimes to show somebody else what we need what you need because it just takes more time than doing it yourself oh yeah especially how incompetent i'm always playing myself up to be to avoid the work right what's that called again with that expression oh um weaponized incompetence weaponized and i'm always weaponizing my incompetence well you did ask uh which one the laundry one was the other day looking at the laundry and dryer. i wanted to be certain <laughs> there's there's weaponized incompetence and then there's double checking <laughs> we've lived here for five years yeah, my first time ever doing a load of laundry, I was 30. There you go. So who Learning. do you blame? The bad parents in my upbringing? <laughs> well, look, I like this because it's all about teaching a man to fish, teaching a person to fish, right? So short Teach a term, man how to not to commute also because that, that's taking up a lot of time. In my day. Oh, it's brutal. I hate your commute so much. I liked it when you were going two days a week. The three days is a day too much for me. Yeah, I, I think two days is a day too much. Why don't I just work from home? Like, there's no reason you need to be in the office. I think... For meetings. Like, yeah. have a meeting day. No, it's not even for meetings because we could do Zoom meetings. I think they want businesses over there that rely on lunchtime and the hustle and bustle because a lot of those businesses can't survive unless people are in the office having their lunch break, having their coffees. And it's so stupid and infuriating and it ruins family life. You know what I mean? Makes it harder for sure. It certainly mm -hmm. ruins like packing time because that's more stressful on you <laughs> it ruins packing time. i also i try to not that i'm the boss because as lucy pointed out you are the boss in the household yes but what i try to do is make suggestions to mm -hmm. make our lives easier and mostly your life easier because that whole happy wife happy life uh, scenario is mm -hmm. is true <laughs> so like tomorrow for instance you could have you you do many things and tomorrow you could be teaching at mm -hmm. school i said alex how about you don't go to school and instead you stay home scrub the toilets and you scrub those toilets which i'm gonna be no. doing and you stay home and um you know we we just have more time or you have more time but here is where so there are a lot of situations i think in packing where it's not necessarily equitable but it's not like i'm asking you like i'll just go ahead and start doing things however tomorrow when I'm staying home and getting the house prepped, like cleaning, laundry to leave. I'll motivate you. Give me a call. No, but what I'm saying is well, that is equitable because you're at work doing work and I'm at home in lieu of work. So that kind of situation is equitable. But, and it's also work too. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Unpaid I, work is is work too. 
I did say I'm staying at home doing work. Oh, you did. I missed that. Toilets are work. I will never be happy. Oh, cleaning. I've seen what you've done to them. It's definitely. Get out of here. What? I've gone in after you. Stop it. There, I do not leave a stinky mess. I'm not saying it's stinky, but it's. Uh, Get uh, you're such a you're lying and is making me um, blush. Well, whoever blushed it <laughs> didn't flush it. <laughs> whoever, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, whoever blushed didn't flushed. No. So we're going to Florida in two days, the day after Halloween. We are trying to get better at you know equitable planning. And after being in Florida for a weekend, it's going to be great because we'll have Nona and Grandpa there, so they can watch the kids. In the evening, and Shane and I can grab some date nights, check out the Destin nightlife. If any listeners are from Destin, hit us up, let us know where to go. Doesn't seem like a place that would have a nightlife. <laughs> it's pretty quiet, I think. But right after that, so we come home, we take the kids home, put them to bed, and then we are getting on a flight to New York City for two nights the very next day. And the reason <clears throat> we're going to New York is because we were, well, not we, you were invited to an Omega party. Like the watches. So Omega, I've never really heard of them. I'm not a watch guy, but apparently Omega is almost on par with Rolex. Some people like them better, but it's a luxury watch that is very expensive. Some of these watches are like $50,000. So these events they throw are very extravagant. The last one, it was like the entire cast, the Euphoria and Zoe Kravitz was there, whatever. This one is being hosted by... Nicole Kidman. Like what? So Alex got an invite. My suspicion is Alex may have been <laughs> invited <laughs> accidentally. I, I'm not 100%, but I have a feeling because there are several prominent Alexandra Cunninghams and some of them are in the New York City mm-hmm. area. And there's, of course, the big showrunner who did Dirty the John. Uh, Dirty John named Alexandra Cunningham. I'm almost certain... That this invite wasn't for you. Well, you know what? What's it that? It says Alexandra Cunningham. True. They messaged it to your email is Shane Cunningham. They would have gotten that through viewing my Instagram. My ID says Alexandra Cunningham. So whether I'm the right Alexandra Cunningham or the wrong Alexandra Cunningham, I am so excited to get myself and hopefully you into that yes. party <laughs> and check it out on the the form like the, this form isn't online like you can't mm-hmm. find it anywhere it has to be sent to you but it doesn't say whether there's a plus one on an invite form and i think that should be mandatory every time you're invited to a party it should say whether there's an rsvp or no rsvp i, I tried looking up a no plus one or a plus one yes sorry Plus one or no plus one. And I tried looking up what's the etiquette. If it doesn't say no plus, if like if it doesn't even mention anything, does that is the assumption that there is no plus one? So I emailed the company because <laughs> they give you a yes, no RSVP. I clicked yes, of course, on behalf of Alex. And then I messaged the little email option, also RSVP. And I said, hey, just I tried to actually act like I was your assistant. <laughs> I was like, Alexandra is delighted to go, but we we're just. <laughs> Like I was using words like befitting and all this stuff. I don't even know. Befitting. I'm like, like such a bespoke event. I'm just making up stuff. in your vernacular. And then uh, I go, will she be able to have someone accompany her to this event? <laughs> Which is fancy words to say. Is there a plus one or not? Just tell us. And they didn't get back to me. So I'm trying to contact Omega. They're in Switzerland or something. The time zone, I'm assuming, is all weird. Can't get a hold of them. I can't even figure out how to dial out because it's like right. plus four, one, eight, seven. It doesn't make sense. And then I called Omega 
in New York. It's like just like a store? Uh, uh, yeah, a retail store. I'm, I'm like, hey, uh, you're supplying the watches for the Nicole Kidman <laughs> event happening November 9th? Wait, you said supplying the watches? Yeah. Oh, like, like, because I know they're giving us like a tour of Omega through the ages. Yeah, but I, th- I think they would go through the New York mm-hmm. place. The guy's like, yeah, how'd you find out about this? He goes, <laughs> they're flyer online? I'm like, no, I, I don't think there is any available online. It was sent to me. It's like, he's like, uh, okay, so it was sent right to you. He's like, who sent it? And I'm like, oh, uh, this, it had a weird name on it. It was like Carla Otto or something. She was this model who started this luxury agency. Anyway, it was on behalf of that. He's like, okay, yeah, they, they sent it out. It's like, what's your number? I'm like, give him my phone number. It's like, I'll call you back. It's not a New York area code. Yeah. Obviously. Canadian. Like you have to dial out. And I called another place. and It was in St. Louis, another Omega. And I was like, yes, there's an Omega event. I'm just wondering, uh, these typical parties, is there a plus one normally? They're they're like, uh, and this is you going? I go, actually, it's on behalf of someone I know. They go, who is it? I go, I'm not at liberty to say. I acted like I was this big, like, secretive thing. And because Nicole Kidman's involved and these parties are so swanky and intimate. Because it's not, some people, like I mentioned it to my friend Mike, and he thinks it's like a meet and greet style dinner. But this is like an fancy not a-list but people who are very well off and yeah. high society types it's a cocktail ob- party it's a cocktail party but it's very fancy and low lighting and weird people are it's just interesting and because nicole kidman's involved it feels a little bit like eyes wide shut i was just gonna es- say especially because the nature in which we are i we're not sneaking in but it feels like we're sneaking in and we're traveling far like no one would do this normally they can't they're not gonna turn us down when we're like we flew from it was addressed to alexandra cunningham i am alexandra cunningham but then what do i do like i just just, go i want you to get a picture with nicole kidman but i just go alone and tell people hey i'm the wrong alexandra cunningham don't tell them you're the wrong alexandra (laughs) cunningham i'm saying they'll just be like sorry there's no plus ones you're not allowed to bring a guest I, i i just go oh okay and then you go in. I'm buying a spy cam for this too, because I want to document Perfect. it. Perfect. And you go in, and then we can show all of our, uh, you know, adoring fans. I love it. I love make it. Make maybe a viral video of it, but it's it's interesting, and I like doing interesting things. And to be honest, when I saw this invite, I actually didn't want to go initially. <laughs> but then once I realized there was a potential layer of confusion and there was a sneaky aspect to this, I had to go. Well, Shane, it's like most aspects of our life. By the way, your leather jacket makes it sound like you're farting. (laughs) No, which is a great cover because I kind of am farting right now. Get out. I did a little. Um, But what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. We make like so many aspects of our life into a game, right? We're always trying to make things fun or like not even fun, just competitive in a way. And I think this is just a fun, weird, ridiculous trip to be taking for a possible mix up um but we just need to look like a million bucks like we need to ensure that we have amazing clothes to wear so i'm gonna go we're gonna be in new york i tried to i was gonna try to get into toronto to get a dress from reformation for this but they have a store in new york so i'm gonna grab it there 
Is Reformation such a popular place that I don't need to ask what that is? It's a clothing store. It's a women's clothing store. Got you. Um, but we need to make sure that you're looking so spiffy and you have a really nice, like you just go in your nice black suit with your white shirt, no tie. What if I just cocktail. wear my black pants and you don't have that black shirt that I wore to the dessert premiere? Mm-hmm. What if I just go black and black? You got to be dress pants. Yeah. Black dress pants, black top. No, but you'll look sexier and like sleeker, I think. I think you need to go white shirt, like just your black suit with no collar. No collar. I mean, no tie. <laughs> okay. It was, I thought it was like a little. But I got to relook up what cocktail attire means for men. Okay. But I, I think, think that's I'll be fine. It. Yeah. Um, anyway, it looks so nice on you. Like that suit looks beautiful on you. So that's why I'm suggesting you wear it because you look hot in it. Okay. I like it. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm really so. Do you think? What do you think are the odds that we get, that both of us get turned down at the door? I think it's lower. Okay, I'm gonna say there is a sixty percent chance that you get in, mm-hmm. and there is a fifty percent chance that I get in. See, I am less confident. I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful, and I really want it to work out for both of us. But I think that there is a fifty percent chance that I get in, and a forty percent chance that you get okay. in. I feel and like you stole my ratios here and listen, just downed them by 10 each. What do we do if another Alexander Cunningham shows up first? We just say, oh, well, this. And then they have to determine who the real one is. <laughs> but I used to walk into parties just in the front door wearing a headset. I would dress nice. Sometimes like if there was a big TIFF party, which mm-hmm. is Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, and I really wanted to go see, back back in the day, I really wanted to see a movie called Into the Wild with Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. He directed it and uh, Emil Hirsch was in it too. So I really wanted to go, couldn't get tickets. I say, I'm just going to get in my suit, bow tie, buy a headset, get a date or a person who looks like an actress, mm-hmm. get her to dress to the nines. And I just walked in the front door and, and had a clipboard even. So I just looked like I was escorting <laughs> someone who was important and I, I got in, sat beside Emil Hirsch and Sean no, Penn. Yes. That is wild. Yes. They That's were both amazing. to the right of me. It was Emil and then two seats over from that, it was Sean Penn. You go Emil, not Emil. Whatever his name is. I don't know. I, I've always said Emil Hirsch. Well, there's an E at the end of it, which oh. makes me think Emil. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, then I also did this. I saw The Master at mm. TIFF and behind me was, cool. how do I always get this name wrong? It's um, Gary Oldman. Right. And so he was behind me. But- I only, I, I must have done this. I saw across the universe. I did this to oh, so cool. many premieres at TIFF. And only one person stopped me. It was this elderly woman. And I was not prepared to be stopped. And I had no, like, what do I do if I get stopped plan protocol? But she goes, excuse me. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, whatever she says next, I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to turn around and leave. Mm-hmm. She goes, excuse me. Oh, I didn't see your headset. <laughs> and then I just went, <laughs> and then just walked by. That's amazing. Yeah. So if I can get into these parties just looking remotely appropriate with an invitation, there's so much seed of doubt going on. You look unbelievable when you're all dressed up. I was going to say right now. No, not right now. It's like, <laughs> but no, you still look like you're wearing, I don't know what you're wearing, but it's weird baggy I'm wearing clothing baggy brown sweatpants and sweatshirt yes um <laughs> but you still look good thanks so that's what i mean we've got a great chance mm-hmm. i 
I, I am, like I said, am hopeful. I really hope it works out for us. And I think that what else works in our favor is that it's a cocktail party and not a sit down dinner because it's going to be, they'll probably have hors d'oeuvres, things mm. like that. Maybe they'll have people walking around with heavier items. I think it is a sit down. I've looked up. It's a cocktail. Previous events. Cocktail schmocktail. They want you to sit down and kind of look at the presentation. I, okay. The way I'm envisioning it, and we'll see who's right. I picture like free form, like you can walk around and that they're going to have displays set up that you like kind of tour through. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's how I picture it. You need to talk to Nicole. You need to have something. I want good Nicole Kidman footage of you interacting with her. 100%. Who else do you think is going to be there? Like I want to get footage of anything. George Clooney's a a big, big supporter of this. He shows up a lot of things. I will die. I would not know what to say. Because I've also heard amazing stories about George Clooney as a person. Like a friend of mine has worked with George Clooney so many times. And he just talks about how amazing he is as a person. And he just keeps saying your name so that he remembers it. And uh, if George Clooney was sitting there saying my name, I... It's funny I just assumed you were talking about a female friend. So in my mind, I thought you were saying George just talks about how amazing he is. No, no. The friend talks about the friend's name is Grant mm-hmm. and he just talks about how amazing George is. Right. And like he's just got like the best Rolodex. So or assistant, whatever. So <laughs> like no matter, how would you say it? Rolodex. Rolodex. Uh, Rolodex. But he always like he always knows who he's going to be speaking to and uses your name. Makes do you, you feel know good. what a Rolodex is? Well, it's like the thing with all the papers. You do okay. Yeah, of it's course. What do I you didn't think? know. I didn't know if you just knew it in the way it's meant, like oh, I have a a lot of names, or if you knew that it was actually a physical thing that came from. No, the first time product. I saw a physical Rolodex was at a restaurant in New York City called Guilt. It is no longer there. Super fancy restaurant. We went with my parents, and. Me and my brother walked in, like, ahead of my parents. And then they go, oh, Miss and Mr. Lamparski, like, to me and my brother. They're How like, old were you? 18. Okay. Adult. And uh, then they, like, took us to our seats. But they made even me and my brother feel so fancy. But they had, like, a giant Rolodex with – because my dad used to mm-hmm. go there quite often. So it was just funny. And I remember that very well. Imagine they gave you crayons and a paper menu. <laughs> That would be an insult. Here's what's good about what just happened. So Alex had a coughing fit. I said my joke. She didn't laugh. Because I just, then we had to retake, and I'm doing the joke for the second time, and now she's laughing. I didn't laugh because I started to laugh and then choked on a cough, and then the cough mm. overtook the laugh. Okay, Shane, it was funny, and that's why I started coughing. But I was just impressed with how much you enjoyed the joke the second time <laughs> round. I wasn't it wasn't a criticism. No, I was surprised by it the first time. That's why I started coughing. But Jane, the second time did didn't surprise you, but it, the strength of the joke. I thought it was funny. Okay. But folks, wish us luck. Wish us luck. Yeah, and we're uh, gonna keep you updated. We want this video we're doing to go quite viral. If you work at Omega at Omega, uh, don't tell on us. I don't. I don't think people work at a mega like i think it's so small this company i don't know i'm I'm just i'm just saying we're putting it out there so we think we're the right alexandra cunningham so that's all that matters we got invited and we booked our flight and i can't unbook it now so okay so let's say and again why am i wearing a leather jacket (laughs) i'm i'm cold in this house so i'm wearing a leather jacket we're not filming this i'm not trying to be cool (laughs) i'm trying to be hot actually because i am cold but 
let's say we find out somehow there's a an email sent to me saying apologies alexandra but this went out to the wrong person mm-hmm. do we still go to new york to new not only to new york i think we definitely go to new york still to the party to the party yes and then we just say we didn't see the email because yes. it's too late I, we've got the hotel we've got the flight we're going we just make sure we're there super on time so we beat whoever the real alexandra and then is. they can fight it out with me in the parking lot if there's an issue Yes. Isn't that like the movies where they're like, who is the real Alexandra Cunningham? And they shoot the one that they think is the the clone. There is a doppelganger sketch with Andy Samberg and Horatio Sands. Well, it's a sketch because that's like that's been in movies before where it's like a clone of somebody. And then they've got to shoot the wrong and then they'll shoot the wrong clone. Then you just see the clone walking off at the end, like winking at the camera. Yeah, that's the sketch is good because Horatio doesn't look like Andy Samberg. (laughs) It's like that guy's identical. It's like, which one's the real Andy? And Horatio is playing an unhoused person in the sketch, too. And then at the end, they're eating the sandwich with Horatio, these businessmen. And they're like, we killed the wrong guy didn't we (laughs) (laughs) all right well with that guys wish us luck all right and i say we put a pin in that and take it to the mailbag segment okay here we are the mailbag segment all right the first question we've got (laughs) so the mailbag segment is when listeners writing questions typically every friday saturday if i forget and we answer it on the podcast so the first question tonight it's a it's a real brain teaser you ready Okay. It's heavy. Yeah. I have a feeling it won't be now. It's not heavy. Who's more into birds, Alex or Shane? Because um, I and I'm, I'll back porch this by saying we have put up a couple uh, now viral bird watching videos, shockingly. But I'm so glad to see that so many people out there are also uh, into birds, even just, you know, recreationally, casually. I think that was front porching, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think you might be more into birds, but I'm a close second. I like a bird. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm I'm looking for them more, but I, I think that you have a, a really good appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> the next question, did sex change after kids? So I'm not going to answer this like personally. I'm going to answer this as, you know, like a whole. I was looking up a lot of studies by psychologists, sociologists, sex experts, things like that who have spoken to married couples or couples who have had kids and then went through possible changes. So it is super normal for men's and women's libidos to go down right after having kids, obviously. Like one person is in severe pain and recovery and you are now having like to take care of a small child, Mm -hmm. which is no relaxing task. Um, when I'm frustrated, I'm actually more into the, why, why I can't say be anything honest. We all have to read clinical studies here. (laughs) Fine. You read your thing. Okay. Wait. Keep that in Erica. I don't care. We can, we can keep it in, but I won't say anything else, but you go. So they usually return six to nine months after, but then sex itself for a couple typically won't. I mean, on average, it takes about two years to get back into a good swing of things. So if you are, you know, it's been more than two years, if it's been less, whatever, that's just the average. But just know that it takes a long time. And another thing I kept seeing was that sex starts to look different for couples. Like it's not necessarily just, you know, go have a roll in the hay and do 
vaginal <laughs> intercourse. <laughs> Sorry, I'm working my Tonight hands a lot. Tonight we wear nighting gear. <laughs> but, oh, okay. That no, looks but I, different. I think it's um, what I was reading anyway. I don't know why this makes me blush, but when I was reading it, it was talking about how, you know, people start, you know, bringing in other things for sex or just mainly maybe going, um, what's the oral, stuff like that, and uh, how that becomes maybe more prominent than it was before. I don't know why. You read this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't use, know how to use the clinical language? They're I didn't. Like, you know, <laughs> oral stuff, if you catch my drift. Shane, I wasn't, I was trying not to sound clinical, so I didn't write down what they were saying. I just put little point form notes, um, oh, okay. and I didn't take enough terms, I guess. So you didn't want to go too clinical, but you didn't want to also say like the colloquial terms that everyone Conolingus and fellatio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. Okay. Just cut out of the equation yet again. Continue. <laughs> Wait. Don't look at this. I've got a joke coming. Man periods. Is it an actual? Wait, first of all, <laughs> wait. The phone is upside down. There's a million words. How, like, I can barely read when things are straight up. I'm really excited for my joke. Okay, Hold on. Go. Man periods. Is it an actual thing? Does Shane get them? I will say Shane does not get man periods. He, he gets, gets exclamation, exclamation points. points. That's my joke, not your joke. Well, this is the first time I've been able to use it for you. Mm. So I was excited about that. But Shane, do you feel, because there are some studies, as I was looking up, about how there is kind of like a monthly cyclical time. So even in the course of a day, testosterone is really high in the morning and then kind of falls in the evening. And over the course of a month, much like women in our hormones, there is fluctuations. Mm -hmm. There are fluctuations. So there have been some studies and there is a man, what's his name? He's Dr. Jed Diamond with a name Sounds like legit. an 80s porn star. But he suggests that men do have man periods or as he called them, menstruation or the male period so this is cisgender men with cycles like women and he's thinking that men during these times are going to experience things similar to what women feel when we're on our period which is like fatigue mood swings irritability I like i was just thinking these things no he's done studies but the studies were done on rams but he's applying them on to rams i didn't read the book i'm I jed diamond <laughs> and i'm thinking i've been watching some rams morning they're horning each other and night. <laughs> they ain't. Yeah. But Shane, uh, what? do you feel that you get a man period? Uh, I don't, I am temperamental, I guess, but I'm more on edge, I guess, if someone else, what, what makes me the most moody, I think, is if I'm trying to be pleasant and then someone else is trying not to be pleasant. So are you saying our cycles have synced up? So when I'm not pleasant, you're not pleasant either? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Also, I find if the kids, like French toast, like if we don't have these French toast sticks in the morning, Betty will lose her mind. Mm -hmm. And that can affect my day. So we need the French toast sticks in the morning. If we don't have breakfast foods and I got to do all this stuff and the kids are just angry, that makes me upset. And then... If you come out and you're not chipper, then that will push me over the edge. But yeah, that's kind of like my mood. But do you think that there's certain times in the month where you are feeling more irritable than others? Yes, when those 
French toast sticks are, are out of them, like when they're running low. <laughs> well, no, but what I'm saying is like if it happened, if that happened on the first of the month as opposed to the 20th, do you think that that would have any sway over how you react? No, I'm more reacting to weather and cold, like during February to March, let's say it would be my worst mood months. Mm-hmm. So I have like a three month period, I guess. Well, that's why we're adding a holiday in this February. So stay tuned for that. What's the holiday? Nostalgia day. It was your idea. Oh, I thought you meant a real holiday where we go to like somewhere tropical. No, I, I mean, that would be nice too. So we're but... making, yeah, we have a holiday called Nostalgia Day that we're inventing. Yeah, we will uh, keep you guys posted about that because you're going to celebrate it too. It's going to be fun. Um, the next question. How do you discuss stranger danger with a five-year-old without terrifying them? Have you ever talked to Lucy about strangers? Um, maybe in like a not necessarily stranger way because... Mm-hmm. They encounter a lot of nice strangers, I think. So it is, it can get confusing because not all strangers are created equal. And when it comes to abuse and things like that, um, I don't it's know. Usually what, people you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's more just like don't eat something if someone hands you something that you don't know. And just, uh, yeah, I forget what I said, but what, what did you read? I said something that was decent i think i'm just at a loss well i think it starts early so like before they're five just with certain concepts like consent bodily autonomy things like that like them knowing their parts and knowing that only they're supposed to be in that area or whatever um but then also if somebody says and i've been really trying to ingrain this into lucy especially but anytime somebody says oh don't tell your parents or let's keep it a secret. Yes, that was it. Like, just no mm-hmm. secrets. In That's general. when you yeah. run to mom and dad and tell us right away. But yeah, I feel like Lou's pretty good. Like, she's pretty weary of people. Yeah, yeah. But not not necessarily people she trusts or people that she assumes are nice. So I do frequently remind her of that. And if you kind of do it little bits, you know, throughout the week or here and there, rather than all at once, I think it is much less frightening for a kid mm-hmm. and i have i told lucy kind of recently what was it? oh it was at the beginning of the summer when she was going to lots of camps and uh i talked to her about you know not all people are really nice you've seen bad guys in tv shows or movies whatever and some people just aren't nice so you make sure that you know you don't trust people automatically you always ask mom for something whatever it is mm-hmm. but yeah I, I just think that it starts earlier and the earlier you start, the less frightening it'll be because then you don't have to pile on all the information all at one time. Yeah. She asked me if bad guys were real before. What'd you say? I said not in the, not the ones on TV. They're not real, but mm-hmm. people in real life do bad things. Yeah. They're worse than on TV. Sometimes. I know. That's the terrifying reality of life. Um, okay. Next question. Why is co-parenting so difficult with divorced parents when you think they once loved each loved each other? But it's exactly because of that. Because if you're getting divorced for a reason, whether it's that you've fallen out of love or that one person betrayed the trust of the other person or something like that, and there's lots of ways to do that. So there's going to be so much anger there because when you love someone, you marry someone you are inherently trusting them with everything, right? Mm-hmm. And they're your safe place. And they're the people that you can kind of come to for anything. And you're expecting them to be there for you for anything. And that's the last person you ever want to hurt you because 
you agree to that. You agree to that when you get married, that you're never going to hurt each other or betray each other in that way. So if you're getting divorced and those promises have just been shoved in your face, that's a lot of hurt. You know what I mean? That is so much hurt because precisely of who it came from and how much love was there. So I think that's got to make it so difficult, like so difficult. And then you know them so well. So you know when they're pulling some BS move or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> Next, but, what? But what? That's it? You're just going to end well, it? Well, I asked you what you thought. W what I you, thought about what? The question. What say the question? Why do you think co-parenting is so difficult when there are two people that used to love and respect each other? Well, because you, the thinnest line is between love and hate. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier. Like even we were, you were talking to Betty's people at her daycare, asking if Betty's uh, can be very moody. Oh, yeah. That and was this morning, by the way. And they're like, oh, I've never seen Betty upset, actually. She's just the sweetest person in the world. So people are like that, too. The more you familiarity breeds contempt is an expression. So that that can happen. But also the co-parenting is tough because you also want your kids to know or there's an impulse to let your kids know that you're the better parent and the yeah. reason for the divorce is because the other parent no matter who's right or wrong the other parent thinks they're right and when i was growing up because i had parents who were separated and then eventually divorced it was all like the stuff i learned about my mom and dad from the other parent it was always s talking each other mm -hmm. that s stands for shit by the way <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to beep it but and it was just, I think that is a bad thing to do because then the kid is always playing this like uncertain game of what's true, what's false. The answer is usually somewhere in between. And it just makes also the parent when they're saying all this stuff, mm -hmm. it keeps that contempt going. Yeah. So I, I do think a lot of it is jockeying for the kid's attention and they're, they're feeling guilty and and ashamed that the marriage didn't work out mm -hmm. so they want to justify it somehow and they use the kid as like a, a conduit or a, a, a therapist in a way sorry you discussing this really great topic with the fart jacket is just a really funny that got to be there no but I, I think that's really good and obviously that is like super unhealthy and it's not fair to your kid at all a lot of people though are very good at co-parenting mm -hmm. especially nowadays back when my parents were doing it they didn't have any resources or didn't know how to do anything but I, I think too it has to do with how the divorce unravels or why it unravels i think that plays probably the biggest part in it you know what i mean i think most divorces are messy it's more how you react to things than what happens i think it's like yeah. anything in life i just have fallen out of love perfectly with you <laughs> in a way that i feel like we're best friends me as well. Let's part <laughs> amicably and very friendly. Like every Agreed. celebrity Facebook post or Instagram post. Uncoupling. Yeah. I think that's what um, Jonas and Sophie Turner posted. And then it started coming out that they were like attacking each other in the media. He was trying to make her out to look like a bad mom. It's like a messy custody battle. That's different. That's posturing for the masses. I'm talking about mm -hmm. like what's actually going on. Because I don't think Joe Jonas and Sophie were actually pretending even to each other that they were things were cool. I don't know. I, I am curious about that situation, but I haven't seen anything more about it come up. I like Sophie Turner lots. Mm -hmm. I think she's very cool. But the next question, how do you raise resilient children? You put them through hell. You let them. Well, <laughs> so another way of saying that, because you, you don't put them through hell, but you let them go through hard times. So according to 
the pros, you don't accommodate for their every need. You don't avoid all risk. Is this Jed again? Jed, Jed Diamond. Jed, Jed Diamond knows. <laughs> uh, you teach your kids how to problem solve. You teach them concrete skills. And the last thing, and we had a pot on this ages ago, you allow them to fail and you show them the benefit in failing. And if you're always good at something, you're never going to necessarily have that push to get better. But you fall, you do something wrong. There's more you can learn from that than what you lose out on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the importance of failure is huge. And there was a study um, about like Harvard grads and it's like the parenting styles that they had um, and just the, not the frequency of failure, but the, I don't know. How would you say that? <laughs> the parents letting them fail. <laughs> My kids are the biggest failures on earth. They're in Harvard. Um, but yeah. Well, that's the whole Michael Jordan released the commercial many, many years ago where he's like, I've missed over 10,000 game winning shots, all this. And he's like, and that's why I succeed. That's it's a good like, commercial. Yeah. See, Lucy could use that commercial right now. She is so scared of failure. And it's like when she goes and does a sport or does something she doesn't like, she gets so tensed up and like starts feigning injuries and things like that. And it's like she needs to, you know, get more confident in her failure. Well, she's also at a, a disadvantage because she's not super coordinated or athletic. So she's doing gymnastics right now. That's kind of what and we're alluding tough. to. So. I think also it's just not where her natural skill sets lie. Mm -hmm. Yes, if she really wanted to, I do think she could be a competent gymnast, but it doesn't seem like that's her thing. She likes socializing, joking around. Drama. And, and drama and artwork. Mm -hmm. And like she likes playing around with cameras and stuff. And a lot of other kids, if you gave them a camera and told them to do something mm -hmm. or make a little movie with it, they probably wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. But there's such a, a premium put on sports, especially among parents that it's almost like you want them to be good no matter what or keep at it. But sometimes I think you just have to let them fail out of something. Mm -hmm. Well, we got to find, see, I want, she still wants to do other sports like soccer, basketball. She wants to go in again. Um, I'm going to put her in skating, swimming, whatever. Because I just think there's so many good foundations you can learn. And like, I just want her to be able to pick up and play any game with anybody. You know what I mean? Whether or not she's good at it, just be competent enough to do it. But we got to find some like drama camp for her or like some mm -hmm. drama, like once a week drama class. I think she'd really love that. But our final question. Did you see that article about the restaurant that added a surcharge to a family that was loud? What are your thoughts? So I, I think it was like 40 bucks, right? 50. And they said, take your kids to Burger King? I don't know. It was know. 40 euros. Oh, okay. So this one is a U.S. restaurant. Oh. So I looked it up. So that probably happened in Europe too. But this was a U.S. restaurant, like Blue Ridge something. And there was a family there. It was a big group gathering. And apparently the kids weren't even... So according to the parents, the kids waited patiently for their food, watching videos on tablets and ate their meals. And then the mom took them outside while the dad paid. And they were charged $50 because the kids were being loud, allegedly. But apparently... They charge, I guess this restaurant has reviews of families being like, avoid this place. They're going to charge you $50 no matter what. Mm -hmm. But they have a sign on the door that says, if you can't parent, colon, then like four money signs. It's like, they're going to like, that's just bullshit. What infuriates me about it is like, I worked in the service industry as a waitress and bartender for about 10 years. Yes, sometimes kids were loud. 
but they were never the worst. Like, why aren't we charging the people who get too drunk or the people that are just like loud, annoying adult talkers who have more of an ability to control their voices, control their behavior? What about the guy that lifted up my skirt that one day who was on the Hamilton Bulldogs hockey team and did not get punished? You lift up this woman's skirt for money symbols? (laughs) No, but seriously, it's like (laughs) that guy just... But nothing happened imagine someone watched that transaction like the bulldogs guy lifts up your skirt and then hands you 50 (laughs) bucks and then you take it but what i mean is there there was no repercussion like i told my bosses there was like a fake but what i'm asking you is since you're actually proposing this no i'm I'm proposing we don't charge families for having a loud kid because adults are often worse i'm saying What if we don't charge families, but we actually charge loud, drunk people and people lifting up skirts? Would you have liked 50 bucks for that? No, I wanted that guy punched in the face. Mm, 50 punches? 50 punches for every skirt lift. But um, yeah, so clearly there is just, and you see this like, you know, people online, things like that. There's like a hatred for young kids from people maybe whose kids are older or who are child free or whatever and they have contempt for young kids and that's what i think it is i think it's ageist well kids can be annoying adults can be annoying and they know better that's true but kids can be they're harder to control not not necessarily as hard to control as a drunk person but all kids are kind of like drunk people they are they are but they are learning and how will they learn if they're not put in those situations yeah, well, they get older. They age out of the, their super annoying phase. So I think mm-hmm. just maybe avoid like five-star restaurants for a bit. No way. No way. I just think don't go where the owner's clearly an a-hole or do something where it's like only people with kids. Like they go on a strike by everybody going there and eating them and just annoying the hell out of the owner and just kind of, you know what I mean? Like a little revenge. I don't know. I don't like dinner like at the one particular <laughs> restaurant that much. I would just go to Eastside Mario's. If it was Eastside Mario's, I'd be like, come on, you're Eastside Mario's. This restaurant, I don't know the it, vibe they, of it. They said they were fancy. Okay. Don't take a kid to a fancy restaurant. Kids don't even want to eat baloney, that fancy but food. We've taken our kids to fancy restaurants. Like Where? Well, okay. The first one that Lucy was at. Well, she, she'd been, she's, Lucy's, ugh, I can't speak. Lucy's been to Shakespeare's in Hamilton. Very fancy. Um, remember when we were. Maybe when she was at that age where you throw the thing under the. Like the kid's so I think she young. she was about one. Yeah, they don't do shit when they're one. We took her to that super fancy steakhouse in what Vegas. What steakhouse? Las Vegas that, steakhouse. That, there was people winning jackpots, <laughs> uh, cash machines <laughs> no, going we off. No, we were not anywhere near the casino. It was that like was a super a loud fancy. restaurant. Oh, yes. Oh, and we. we but do you remember? To, they asked us to take the baby out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And because they were like, oh, she's not going to behave. And we're like, yes, she will. And even so, like, I was just so offended that they would even say that because we we're going there and paying it ton of money for food um and then lucy was perfect it was so stupid no we had to take her out for a walk no we didn't your dad did someone took her out wasn't me <laughs> i was eating my steak <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's debatable obviously and this i think we'll carry this over into our next episode oh, i'll, I'll meditate on real it. life we're just gonna have an argument about it after. we could and then take the things that worked in the argument and then right. apply them to our next episode so we don't just have it out here live <laughs> on the air because we do not edit this podcast <laughs> but folks that's all we have for today again wish us luck on our uh, fancy new york adventure will we get in will we hang with nicole kidman who knows 
I sure would like to. Yeah. So thanks so much. Alex is giving me the wrap it up (laughs) symbol. So thank you so much for listening to (laughs) This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast. Podcast. Episode 189.